Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What's going on, everybody? Josh here. Before we get you ready for another edition of the Four Corners podcast, here this week's ad from DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors like myself, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wagers are paid out in sight. Credits restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. The 14th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is Carolina Basketball. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Michigan out of timeout. And Weber, front door, Carolina thought he traveled with it. Weber, front door, Carolina with foul. He takes a timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Now gets it away to Donald Williams, down the side to Stackhouse. Stackhouse streaking in on Park, reverse duck, is good, and he gets fouled by Park. Oh my goodness, what a dunk. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! Felton ready on his second attempt. That one is no good. A battle for it. Loose ball. Recovered Marvin. He scores! 17 seconds left. 79-72, and how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Matthews off the mark, and this year the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. From HeelToughBlog.com, this is the Four Corners Podcast, featuring your host, Josh Marlowe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. I've been promising you guys that we were going to take some time and look back at Roy Williams' legendary career. We start that today. We are going to look back at our five best wins over Duke in his 18 years in Chapel Hill. So I'll give my five. My co-host Anthony will give his five. I think I've got a couple that might surprise Anthony or you guys listening, and we'll be interested to see what Anthony has dialed up as well. We have not seen each other's top five. Uh, if you can remember back on the Heel Tough Blog podcast, we did the five uh, underappreciated players since 2007 where we kind of tried to guess it. We're not going to try to guess each other's five because it's just too hard to do that with all the wins over Duke. But <laughs> we, we would um, probably list off every single one. Yeah. 
before we got to the ones on there. But we will unveil our top five in order. But before we get to that, we will start with the pod thought of today. We go back to Roy Williams, and to his pod thought is um, we've got to know that the name on the front of the jersey, North Carolina, is more important. Uh, thanks for thanks for making sure we knew that. Uh, is more important than the name on the back. If you think that's a dig at Duke, it absolutely is because if you look at the way the rivalry kind of changed over the last 10 years, it was Carolina was still all about Carolina where Duke kind of shifted to the one-and-done, getting the guys to the NBA model. And you look at some of the games Carolina won over Duke is because we were more invested in the rivalry than those players were because they were just there for the paychecks and the uh, high NBA draft pick where our guys were there because they loved playing for the University of North Carolina and they loved competing in those high-profile games. Um, so I'm going to go first with my number five win over Duke. And uh, this is is one of my favorite wins um, at the time that it happened. We've had some since that kind of ha- have topped it. But I go back to February 20th, 2014, where Carolina upset uh, then a top 10 Duke team, 74-66 to 66 in the Smith Center. The thing about this game more than anything, that game was rescheduled eight days later after Duke refused to make the trip down to Chapel Hill in inclement weather. The first time in a long time that game had been postponed in any capacity due to weather. Um, and it was a night that when, you know, that was when Carolina, look, that was not a very good Carolina team. They started the ACC season that year 0-3 for the first time in the history of Carolina basketball, but at that point in the season, they had turned their season around. Leslie McDonald was actually the leading scorer for Carolina that night, scored 21 points on 9 of 12, shooting my long, or my boy Marcus Page scored all 13 points in the second half, as his nickname, Second Half Page, really became official in that win. It was Carolina's first win over Duke since 2012, where they went to Cameron Indoor Stadium and uh, beat the Blue Devils. Uh, over two years ago. It also was the year that Carolina beat four teams in the top AP uh the, the top four teams from the preseason top 25 in the in the preseason, that was the year they beat Louisville, Michigan State, Kentucky, and Duke in an up-and-down season. But it was just a fun night. The only thing I disliked about that win if while we're talking about it is after the game, we stormed the court. And oh, here we go. This this is a hot button topic. And here. that is just something <laughs> that we should never do here. I don't care what Carolina's record is. If they beat a number one team, whatever. We're North Carolina. We can we consider ourselves. We we are a blue blood. Us Tar Heel fans. We consider ourselves the best program in college basketball. It's really reminiscent of when Clemson lost to Notre Dame this last football season. And the fans in South Bend stormed the field um, up in South Bend. This shouldn't happen for with Notre Dame football. Carolina shouldn't storm the court in basketball either. I understood that it was an eight, you know, it was the students waiting eight days, and they upset a team. But that's my number five win over the Blue Devils. Yeah. So I'm gonna go back to March 3rd of 2012. That game that you touched on there a little bit, uh, and that's because and and look, this is a game that if you're a if you're a fan of the rivalry more than a fan of the teams, uh, you would be like, why the hell is this game on your list? Because Carolina won this game 88-70. to 70. But remember, this decided the ACC regular season title. Carolina went into a team in Duke that was ranked number four in the country at the time. Now, they were ranked sixth, but 
to go in and dominate the way that they did in this game. All five starters in double digits. Kendall Marshall led the team in scoring that night. This was just, I mean, Carolina sort of flexing a little muscle. And this, like some of the other ones in, on this list, looked like this was the win sort of setting the stage for them to make a run in the upcoming NCAA tournament. Now, we all know what eventually happened in the NCAA tournament, but uh, this was just a, a tremendous win for them. And, I mean, really, you know, you, you had Kendall Marshall who played well, but, man, you know, Tyler Zeller in this game was fantastic for Carolina. 19 points in the game, 10 rebounds. John Henson as well with 10 rebounds to go along with 13 points. And really just, I mean, a great all-around game for Carolina in a game coming in that I think a lot of people thought was going to be a battle to the end, and this team showed just how good they were. And one of the reasons why we probably look at this team and say this was a team that was built to win a national championship. You could make the argument in a lot of situations that that might have been Roy Williams' best team in his 18 years at Carolina because if Kendall Marshall's healthy, that team you would – you know, hypothetically, they make the Final Four. They probably get back to that national title game against Kentucky, a team they'd lost to by just one point up in Lexington earlier that season. That team had it all, but the injury, of course, derailed that. I'll go to my number four, and this was the first time that I we were in Chapel Hill for a Duke-Carolina game, March 4th, 2017. We made the trip up there, got up early Saturday morning for college game day, was in the Smith Center for college game day before we settled in at Sup Dogs to watch Carolina take down Duke 90-83 to on senior night. Joel Berry led the way with 28 points, was 5-5 five of five from behind the three-point line. Isaiah Hicks hit a uh, score 21 on his senior night. It's first time Carolina finished undefeated at home since uh, 2011, and that was a Carolina-Duke game if there ever was one. There were 14 ties and 24 lead changes. It was good basketball. It was up and down. It was high scoring. A lot of emotion in the building. That was the night that Michael Jordan announced that Carolina football was going to be donning the Jumpman uniforms. He, of course, came out and said the ceiling is the roof, which still to this day makes no sense. He may have, he may or may not have been under the influence of alcohol when said speech took place, yeah. but there are T-shirts, and it is a saying that, Carolina fans still live and die by to this day because Michael Jordan said it. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, just a all-around great game. And as you mentioned, with your number five, that was – and look, that, that Carolina team, if you go back to that season – and they lost They lost a couple games in ACC play that kind of made us think into this team peak when they won the Maui Invitational. That Duke game reminded us and everybody this team's a legitimate threat to win the national championship. That They'd already secured the number one seed in the ACC tournament, but they would go on to win the national title. And I don't know if they'd do that if they would have lost that game. Joel Berry, as I mentioned, sensational in that game. Carolina shot 51% from the floor. Outscored Duke fifteen to five on second chance points and uh, another memorable night. A moment from that night. Of course, we were on Franklin Street. We were able to see there when they set the first bonfire. But I may have damaged a young waitress's uh, career moving forward. She asked me if I wanted more water. We missed a free throw. I emphatically yelled no, and she never came back to our table. Yeah. 
and you yelled no about five seconds after he missed the free throw, which means that it was definitely directed at said waitress, which just makes you a colossal douche instead of, I mean, let's be honest here. Um, can I admit something here? I had this on the list, and I took it off. That was a gr- that was a great win, man. I don't get how that's possible because that that set the tone. Remember, before they won that game, they went to Virginia and scored less than fifty. I get that. The reason that that is not on the list, I had to put the two thousand nine season finale against Duke on the list at home. The really the main reason that this is on there is that your number four is what that's saying? number four. Okay, is because it's Tyler Hansborough senior. Day. So while, before you get into it, I did not have that on my right. list. Okay, because to me and look, that was the ACC was up for grabs when they met, and I know it was Tyler Hansborough's senior night, and um, he is in our opinion the greatest college player to ever play at North Carolina for what he did as a Tor Heel, and I believe it was a Sunday afternoon game, so it was one of the weird yes, times. It, was. it wasn't, a, yes, it, wasn't it, was. a, it was not a Saturday night game. Um, but I didn't think, t- and look, it was a big game, but I didn't think that was important for Carolina's NCAA tournament success as 2017 was. I mean, look, yeah, I think that that, one of the things that I think it did show about that team was that that Duke team was a top 10 team at the time. And while Carolina only won the game by eight, you really felt like Carolina was in control of that game from the word go. That was one of those games where if you needed validation, which, I mean, I don't think any of us did because of what happened the, pre- the the prior year and what we had seen from this team, that really showed you right there, dude, this team means business. They are going to do anything it takes to win a title. And I think, that's for me, that's the reason I put it on there was the Hansborough factor, man, because everything that he had done for Carolina, being the ACC's all-time leading scorer, um, I, I mean, it was just, it was a special game for him one last time in the Smith Center. And I mean, look, he's a guy that no matter what he does going forward, just like with Michael Jordan, like if he comes out and has some saying that he comes up with, you are going to live and die by that because he meant that much to Carolina basketball. I think that's one of the big reasons why I had to put it on here is because this was the last time that you saw not only him, but multiple guys that meant so much to Carolina basketball play for the final time in the Smith Center, whether you knew it or not, which, I mean, let's be honest, most of the people that, that day probably knew you they knew were it. seeing Ty Lawson for the last time. Well, you have to remember, back then, if you entered the NBA draft and withdrew, the next year you, you were automatic. You only had one more year of college. You couldn't come back again. Right. It wasn't like now where you can enter, come back, enter, and come back. Back then, if you entered once and withdrew, you were automatically you right. Only, you only had one more year of college eligibility. Exactly, and you knew, you know, you knew this was this was you know Wayne Ellington's last go. Danny Green was a senior as well, so it was it was a big deal for Carolina fans, and I think that's why it carries so much weight. And and you and you got the win. It ends up you know setting the table, although that whole season pretty much set the table. But that was the final game of the regular season that set the table for you to go on and eventually win the national championship 
that you knew this this group deserved so much because they should have won it the year before. Yeah. Moving on to my number three win over Duke. It has the same date as my number five, and that was February 20th, 2019, where we went into Cameron Indoor Stadium and upset. Then number one, Duke, 88-72. to That game, of course, gets remembered because that was the night that Zion Williamson blew out his shoe, and that was Duke's excuse for why we were able to go on and win the game in such um, – you know, dramatic or, you know, such a uh, convincing fashion. Um, but it was the first win for Carolina in Cameron Indoor Stadium since 2016 when Marcus Page's group went in there and won to clinch the ACC regular season. It was the first one over a number one ranked team since 2013 when they upset Michigan State. Luke May had 30 points and 15 rebounds. He was molding into the guy that was taking it to both NC State and Duke, a lot like Tyler Hansborough, as you were just talking about. Cam Johnson scored 26 points that night and didn't make a three-pointer. When I was going back and looking at the, you know, that that's stunning for his college career. Yeah. Now in the NBA, he's not quite as three-point reliant, but that is shocking. Yeah. I, that, that blew me away. It was Carolina's eighth win over a number one Duke team in their 14th overall. That 14 wins over number one ranked opponents is the most in the history of the sport. I get this game wasn't close for the most part. Carolina controlled the game throughout, but that was one of the first times that year. And of course, that team, of course, lost in the Sweet 16. But when they left that win, when we left, when we were at a bar watching that game, and we left thinking, this team won a national championship, and Kobe White hadn't he he was just becoming the Kobe White that was the reason why he was able to lead. Like that was, and he didn't even play the great that night. Trey Jones was really good on him defensively, but that was that was the first time we saw that team look like a team that was oh they can win a national championship. Yeah, that that one that one's not on there. It's not on the list. Got It's hard to go into a team that's ranked number one in the country, and look, Carolina. Oh, I know. Carolina was ranked. That was a one versus eight matchup. Yeah, that. And the whole talk into that game wasn't. It was oh, more yeah. about how is Carolina going to be able to compete in that game? Dude, and honestly, we won, by, we won by double digits. Honestly, I don't think most people even knew that Kobe White was playing in that game, based on the coverage before that. I will say this. That game is probably the one that I have shown the most passion towards going in because there was just so much angst for, I mean, Zion Williamson. And look, man, it wasn't even, and, and you know, part of me because, I mean, he's he seems like he's such a, a good kid, a nice kid, I, you know, the media ruined it. Oh, the media hype just killed it, man. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it was every chance they had to put him on the television. They had to put him on there. Leading up to that game, like you said, you the, I, the, what I compared it to was the, just earlier that year when the Patriots played in the Super Bowl against the Rams. You wouldn't have even known the Rams were playing in the Super Bowl. They had no idea. They didn't talk about that. Yeah. That was the way it was coming into this game. And when that ends up happening, of course, you've got the one of our favorite moments of, of uh, a fan in the crowd, Obama. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean, there was so much that went into that game. But it was a passionate game. But, yeah, I didn't put it on the list. I got to admit, it's not on my list. At number three for me, I had 
um, I I had seventeen at four. I have sixteen mm. right there at number three, and I'm going to tell you why with that. You want to talk about a win that set the table for a run in the tournament. If they don't win that that game against Duke at Duke, in I mean, again, they came in as the favorite in that game. Duke was good but not great. They were the number 17 team in the country. But if they don't win that game, they do not get to the national championship game. I don't have that win on my list, but that was probably the one I debated with the most. Outside of the 9 team and the 17 teams that won national championships, that 2015-16 team will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah, that was probably my favorite team to watch overall. The group of guys that were together that year, the emotion that they played with, especially going through the NCAA tournament. And here's the thing about that game. Uh, they did not play great in that game, no. but it was still a huge win. They shot 4 of 23 from 3, including 1 of 8 from 3 for Marcus Page. But Carolina stepped up when they needed to. And here's the other thing. Even though they didn't play great offensively, you had all four or all five starters again finishing double digits. But the stat that will always blow me away about that game was the play of Bryce Johnson. He was 6 of 15 from the field in that game, which, you know, isn't great. Finished with 18 points, though, and 21 rebounds. Kennedy Meeks, 12 and 14. Carolina killed them on the glass, and that was the difference in the game. And it was a huge win because Carolina then goes on to win the ACC tournament and makes the run all the way to the final. And, of course, we know what ends up happening, but none of that happens, I don't think, if you don't win this game. It doesn't, and the best part about that win was if you go back three weeks earlier in the season, they had Duke at home. They had controlled that game the entire way, but as Duke-Carolina games usually go, they come down in the final minutes, and Joel Berry got a shot off, but it was basically they didn't even get a shot off, and we lost. And so be able to respond in that environment on Duke's senior night was pretty special. Like I said, that was the one I wrestled with the most because I'm with you. They don't win the ACC tournament the next weekend in Washington if they don't beat Duke. And I don't think they make the national title game without getting that boost of confidence. Remember, Marcus Page wasn't shooting the ball well, and he was one for eight in that game, but he had his confidence back getting in that ACC tournament. Yep. He became to the Marcus Page of old and led Carolina on that magical run. My number two win is your number five win, and which was the – or no – no, yeah. no, number four. I For some reason, I said that 17 was on. 17 wasn't on there. That's oh. right. Okay, so my number two win is March 3rd, 2012, that 88-70 win. Over, oh, no, you do. Okay, so it is over, number overdue. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a lot of different reasons, or the same in the reason that you put on there, Carolina since then has played for the ACC champ- regular season championship, but Duke hasn't. And that was the last time that they, they two met for the ACC on the line. You got to remember for young Josh and young Anthony, that's all we grew up with was them meeting the final weekend of the regular season and the winner was going to win the ACC, get the number one seed in the ACC tournament and get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, then Tony Bennett had to come to the conference. Yeah. Ruin it Way been, to go, Tony. It has been nine years since we had that. Carolina, uh, you know, dominated that game. They were at 48-24 at halftime. 
all five starters scoring in double figures, as you mentioned earlier. A lot like the win, though, as you had for 2016. They avenged a heartbreaking loss at home in the Smith Center from three weeks ago when Tyler Zeller first tipped a shot into the goal, then missed two free throws in the final minute. Austin Rivers makes the only shot of his career worth remembering. Carolina loses. At any level. Yeah. At any level. Um, largest win at Duke under Roy Williams. So I think that, that was the reason why you put it in there. I've watched a lot of college basketball in my 24 years of living. I've seen a lot of big games in Cameron Indoor Stadium that were involving the Tar Heels and some non-Tar Heels. That's the most poised game I've ever seen a team play in that atmosphere, in that building, with so much on the line. And that, as, as you mentioned, I left that game believing in my heart they were going to win a national championship. Mark, Kendall Marshall gets hurt. We lose in the, Elite Eight, uh, the, in the Elite Eight to Kansas. But it wasn't a typical close Duke-Carolina game, but that was a big one for Carolina. And I have it as my number two win. <laughs> Yeah, uh, number two is – no, it's probably not your number one then. And I cannot believe this game is not on there. Number two is March 4, 2006. You go on the road to a number one Duke team. You want to talk about going on the road. And not – I mean, look, Carolina was good. This came, of course, coming off the national championship year. But they were the number 13 team in the country. And who did uh, Duke have that at the time, you didn't know it yet, but a guy would eventually break his scoring record later on, just a few years down the line. You had the guy, J.J. Redick, who was the ACC's leading scorer at the time. Carolina goes in there. This was one of those games, and I don't remember a lot about this leading up because I was too young, wasn't as invested. From all accounts that I've heard, this was another one of those games where Carolina was pretty much given no chance because you were not going to go in there and win on J.J. Reddick's senior day. Well, here's what happened. J.J. Reddick got off to a good start, and then Carolina— five, and then missed his last 16. And then Carolina shut that loser down. Let me tell you— and look, that's an all-time great win. And I'm not trying to take away from it. I think the reason why that win gets what it is is first off, it's Marcus or it was JJ Reddick senior night. But that was also the first of four straight wins at Cameron Indoor Stadium, which had never been done before. If Carolina goes three and one in those four years, which of course they didn't. I don't think that win gets as regarded as much. Now, look, it's still a great win. That is one that when we get to the the week of the Duke-Carolina rivalry, ESPNU or Classic, that's one of the first games they go to. Always, Um, always. I've had Art Chansky on my podcast, a Duke-Carolina basketball rivalry historian. His first book goes through that season into that game. And as you mentioned – Carolina was not they were they were expected to compete, not expected to win at the time. It was and it's still up there, one of the most watched college basketball games in the history of television. But I just look, I didn't put it on there because I just <laughs> You just laid out the perfect case for it. I mean I did, but I, I think we it's it gets so much value because it was the first of four um, you know, in, in their building, which, I mean, now, I mean, Carolina's gotten pretty successful winning over there. I mean, you win. If you go 2-2, two and two, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that was just a different era. Um, 
you know, and then the three by Hansborough, one of my favorite Woody Durham calls is when he makes that three. Great win, but not my number, not on my list. Well, really quickly, this was where they had the passing of the torch. It sort of was in the ACC. Pretty much it was more of Hansborough saying, give me that damn torch. Because he took that away. And this is really, I mean, before this, like you knew he was going to be a really good player. This was the moment where you looked at this and said, this dude just went into the house of the best scorer that we've ever seen in the ACC and and led the team that beat them as a freshman. Had 27, 10 rebounds in that game. Did it at the free throw line, too. Eight of nine, which is great for a big man, especially in Cameron. First time you've ever been there. And that's the other thing. It was the first time he played in Cameron. And this was the performance yeah. that he gave. There's a reason why it's named Hansborough Indoor Stadium as a nickname. Right. Unbelievable game for Tyler Hansborough. My number one win should be everyone's number one win. If if it's not, your ri- your list is wrong. I'm just, I mean, that's, it's not even... Great way to sell the podcast. Uh, uh, March 6th, 2005, Carolina 75. Number one. Duke yep. 73. Um, Carolina rallied from down nine with less three minutes to play to earn their first win over Duke since 2011. At that time, Carolina was 0-3 against Duke under Roy Williams. They had a heartbreaking loss. Earlier that season where Raymond Felton didn't get a shot off, um, it, it clinched the ACC regular season outright. The first time Carolina had won the ACC regular season outright since 1993. Sean Maya now assistant on Hubert Davis's first staff at Carolina. 26 points, 24 rebounds um, to lead Carolina. Of course, that team would go on to win the national championship. What an unbelievable number. Right. 26 and 24, dude. Oh, um, my Lord. I can – I was too young to remember what was going on. I remember seeing bits and pieces of that game. Looking back at it now, and look, it's really hard to put that much emphasis on one game. I don't know if Carolina loses that game what they do under Roy Williams. It, you know, you would look at the landscape and say, well, they probably... I thought you meant in that NCAA tournament. No. My God. I, I think that win yeah. set the tone. You got a point. I think that's what made it known that Carolina was back. They were going to be nationally competitive. There was no longer Duke's conference anymore. They go on. They win the national championship. And it that's what laid the foundation Mike Krzyzewski is the best coach in the history of college basketball. I don't think you can argue that. But for the 18 years that Roy Williams was in Chapel Hill, Carolina's had the best program over Duke, and it started with that win in Chapel Hill. I mean, yeah, they, I, I don't I, – you know, look, it, it, if somebody has a different win on the list, I mean, that's that's their own opinion. But, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see how you can have another one over here because there's so many elements – uh, to this game, as you mentioned, I mean, the first win over Duke, I mean, that's huge, man. That's huge. And, you know, to do it in a season that to, – to set the stage for a, a, a national title run, which a lot of these have that. But this set the stage for a run that nobody really thought would happen because you said to yourself, okay, I mean, Carolina's got some good players here. They're, they're holdovers from the Doherty era. They were really highly recruited. They have a chance to make a run, but this is also a team that a few years ago, uh, they were struggling to get to double-digit wins with these guys. And now 
you're expecting this team to play for a national championship. This was the game where it said, look, this team is legitimately the biggest threat to Illinois in the country. And this is another one of those games where if you go back and look, Carolina did not play great in this no. game. The numbers were not great at all. Um, Sean May was dominant. The rest of the team, not great. So, I, I, I mean, to come up in clutch time, and one of the guys that wasn't great in that game hit the biggest shot of that game. That's Marvin Williams. And that is, I mean, especially with, with, with what you just said there a minute ago, that might be the best shot in Carolina history. With everything that goes into it, the environment. We, we Look at how many people we've talked to. You know, we, we asked, we've asked Jones Angel about it before. We talked to uh, Mick Mixon about that moment. He's, everybody says the same thing. That is the loudest I have ever heard the Smith Center. Nothing will ever rival that moment in terms of how loud it was when Marvin put back that loose rebound for Carolina. I'm not going to say it's the biggest or the best shot in Carolina history because you can't you can't top Michael Jordan's shot in 82 to give Dean Smith his first title. Is it the most important shot of the Roy Williams era? If that's the most important win outside of the national title win, then it has to be because if he doesn't make the shot, who knows what happens. But, I mean, you know, great win. So I imagine that's your number one yeah, win Yeah, that's well. number one. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt in, in my mind that that was number one. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even give a second thought. Yeah, when, when I made my list, I started – I that was I knew that was one. I started from I had to I had to go five through four. I knew what one was going to be. I had to find out what five through four or five through two was going to be. And it's just remarkable that um, we had, you know we both did five wins. We only had um, uh, we only had two crossovers. The number one win, which was the two thousand five win, and then the win. In 2012, games that missed the cut. You got to remember the game at Cameron Indoor Stadium where Danny Green dunked all over Greg oh Hollis. My gosh. You have the game where Gerald Henderson elbows Tyler Hansborough in the nose and breaks his nose. That was really big win at the time God. for Carolina. If you go back to that in that the, the 2009 season, Carolina trailed at halftime by I believe. I believe it was 14 points at halftime, came back and won to go 4-0 at Cameron Indoor Stadium. 2011, at home, final game of the regular season, Carolina and Duke playing for the ACC again. Carolina beats them after they, they blew a 16-point lead at Cameron Indoor, Cameron Indoor Stadium three weeks ago, and that was with Kendall Marshall and Harrison Barnes all as freshmen, so that was a really big time win as well. This past year, you look at that win at Duke, um, which was Roy Williams' last win at Cameron Indoor Stadium. No environment, because no fans allowed due to COVID, but that was as good as a Carolina-Duke game as you as we've given as we had in the last couple of years with two teams at the time vying for spots in that ACC tournament or, or, in, or for the NCAA tournament. And you go back to the ACC tournament in 2017 and 18, great games as well. Just shows you how good the rivalry is. It's the best rivalry in college basketball. Sports. In college athletics. In North American sports. We're, it's going to transition. 
It's going to be the Hubert Davis versus John Shire, and I hate using Coach K's reference to the rivalry, but I think it's going to stand true. It's not Dean versus K. It's not Roy versus K. Carolina and Duke will be here forever, and hopefully we can do this same edition of the podcast once Hubert Davis has something up some 20, 30 years down. Yeah, we'll be walking up our our stairs to our studio with our canes to talk about (laughs) what Hubert Davis, uh, his best wins. Uh, yeah, do we want to run over over them real quick in case uh, people are joining us here? Maybe want to go back and listen to uh, our list, I think. All right, yeah, I'll go through mine. Um, five through one, the fifth win for me, February 20 of 2014. Carolina upset a top 10 Duke team at home that night, 74-266. The only time I remember Carolina playing a 1-3-1 zone, and it actually worked as it was able to slow the game down in that second half. Number four for me, March 4, 2017, 90-83 win over Duke. Joel Berry, 20. 28 points, 5 of 5 from 3. UNC would go on to win the national championship that season. Number 3, a blowout win in Cameron Indoor Stadium February 20th, 2019. Carolina beat a number 1 Duke team for the first time since 2016. Luke May had 30 and 15. Cam Johnson added 26. Eighth win over number 1 Duke and 14th overall. Number two, March 3rd, 2012, an 18-point win over Duke to win the ACC regular season. Uh, all five scorer, all five starters in double figures. Largest win at Duke under Roy Williams. And number one, March 6, 2005, 75-73, UNC erased a nine-point deficit with less than three minutes to go to get their first win over Duke under Roy Williams, clinch an ACC regular season title, and they would go on to win the national championship. Yeah, so at number five, I got that 2012 win for March 3rd uh, at Duke, number four team in the country. Carolina absolutely <laughs> destroys them, 88-270 uh, to win the ACC regular season title. You go back to uh, number four is Tyler Hansborough Senior Day in uh, Chapel Hill. Uh, Carolina, a, a game that uh, a lot of people had big expectations for, but really kind of showed that they were ready for that NCAA tournament that was coming up, the ACC tournament, of course, but the NCAA tournament coming up where they attempted to bounce back from uh, the loss the prior year in the Final Four to Kansas. They wanted 79-71 to 71 to send off an amazing group of guys that at the time we pretty much all knew were going to be gone at the end of the season uh, just a, a tremendous win over then number seven Duke. You go to 2016. Carolina goes on the road to Duke. Uh, trying to track the trade down here. March 5th, 2016 at number 17 Duke. Again, one of the lesser Duke teams on this list, which again shows where the rivalry is at when the number 17 ranked Duke Blue Devils is one of the worst teams that Carolina faced on the list that I have. 76-72, to Carolina with a big win in that game. Just a dominant performance in that one from Bryce Johnson and from Kennedy Meeks to help Carolina uh, eventually set the stage for an amazing run where they came up just short on that final night in April against the Villanova Wildcats, uh, but they don't get there without that big win for sure. You go back to 2006 at then number one Duke, 83-76 to win. Of course, as I mentioned, that was pretty much Tyler Hansborough t- taking the torch away from then ACC leading scorer J.J. Redick. They beat them on their senior night and started a streak of four straight wins in Cameron Indoor Stadium for Tyler Hansborough 
and the Tar Heels. Uh, that was a huge win against the Duke team that at the time many thought uh, was going to be uh, set up for a chance to win the national championship. And then you go to 2005, of course, that huge win over Duke at home, uh, 75-73 win uh, in the Smith Center, a game where not a lot of guys played well, Sean May did, and Marvin Williams hit arguably the biggest shot of the Roy Williams era. There you go, guys. Our top five wins over the Duke Blue Devils. We thought about doing the same thing for the other team in the Triangle area, the NC State Wolfpack, but <laughs> we would be there all day trying to figure out we're, through all those wins. Yeah, we're not going to do that too little, brother. So next, the next time we are talking about the Roy Williams era, we're going to talk about the five best non-conference wins, I think, coming after. We just got the non-conference schedule the other day for the upcoming season under Roy Williams. Carolina played a lot of so this is well, here's here's the question. This is non-conference regular season yes. wins. Yeah, if it's if I I didn't say NCAA tournament games. I mean, okay. So just if, make it, just if make it's it non-conference, sure. then it'll be the regular season non-conference because Carolina played. You know, with the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the Maui Invitational, they played in a lot of high-profile games in the non-conference slate. So we'll look at the five best wins from that up next when we we get back to the Roy Williams era, as we are remembering the uh, the former head coach of the Tar Heels and the guy that the podcast was originally named after. We were the Roy's Boys. Now we are, of course, now the Four Corners Podcast. So let's going to wrap up for this edition of the podcast. We'll let you go get you guys over the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We're getting you ready for football season with all of our position previews. Today we recorded three position preview podcasts in addition to this podcast. So we are very tired from talking about the targets, but we love to do it. But we got the articles, we got the podcast, and more football recruiting. As Carolina's got a big week coming up. On the recruiting trail as well. Basketball side of things, we got the news about Jalen Washington up, Dawson Garcia transferring in, the schedule being broken down for the non-conference slate. I'm going to turn these these podcasts and articles as well as just really first we'll go a little bit more in depth and get some basketball content on the site. But unless something big breaks before we get to you know August of September, we will be more football oriented over on the HeelToughBlog.com. Lastly, we do want to encourage you guys to rate, review, and ultimately subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Megaphone, Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcasts. Rate the podcast, review me as the host, review Anthony as the host. That'll help people who haven't found us yet, find the Four Corners podcast and get all this great Carolina basketball discussion like we had today. But we want you guys to subscribe. That way you get every podcast right there in your podcast library. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. <laughs>